I don't, <laughs> I don't know what kind of morning you have had. Uh, I've had an interesting morning. Um, the, <laughs> the app that I take sermon notes on and when I have the opportunity to teach, I teach from, uh, out of the blue, uh, told me you've exceeded all of your minutes and you can't use again until July the 9th. I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, and then just, this has never happened to me in 49 years of life. Uh, a screw came out of my glasses. And I'm like, okay, I got to figure out how to get these in, or I'm gonna be standing up here with, you know, just one side of my glass on here. And I will tell you, I don't know how much the people at optometrist uh, places get for screwing screws into glasses, but it's not enough. Uh, it took me about 30 minutes to figure it out uh, with my with my big fat fingers. But maybe you had an intense moment of fellowship uh, this morning with a brother or sister or a husband or wife or a mom or dad or you know maybe you just you're running late or you know whatever but we all bring distractions to us we bring our fears we bring our frustrations um and i just want to encourage us this morning that we keep our eyes on the word and let's not get distracted because i'm i'm the world's worst if you've ever been driving down the road and, you know, maybe you turn left onto 459 every day to go to work and you're actually supposed to keep going down 59 and you get lost in some thought. Next thing you know, you're halfway to work instead of halfway to downtown Birmingham. Or maybe you're in the middle of a worship song and your mouth is singing the words, but you realize your mind is somewhere else. And so I would encourage us not to do that this morning. Uh, me being the chief of those who needs to do that. Um, but we have been in uh, the book of Proverbs for probably nearly a quarter of the year now. We have uh, been specifically talking about wisdom, biblical wisdom, godly wisdom. We've talked about trusting the Lord. We've talked about treasuring his word. And today we're going to talk about seeking out and treasuring uh, wise, godly counsel. We're going to talk about seeking out wise counselors. And sticking with the analogy from the psalm that was read at the beginning of worship this morning, we need to be like trees planted by streams of water. Our roots need to run deep into God's word. And we have spent the last several weeks talking about digging our roots deep into God's word, the value of biblical godly wisdom. But today we're going to talk about growing our roots not just deep, but out into fellowship with other Christians, with other believers. My, my hope for all of us in this church is that everybody in here finds a ministry that they can plug into, whether that's men's ministry, whether that's women's ministry, whether that's a gospel community, whether it's the worship team that Sam leads like it's a gospel community, whether it's the senior class. But my hope is that we will all be plugged into a ministry that feeds us. But beyond that, my prayer is for some reason you know, somebody can't get plugged into one of those ministries, that they have at least one brother or sister or one family that they are connected to in a deep, meaningful 
fellowship with. And with that in mind, this morning we're going to look at seeking wise counsel and how we should respond to wise counsel. Because sometimes we're going to enjoy the counsel we receive, sometimes not so much. Scripture is clear that we should seek and humble ourselves before counsel. Proverbs 10.8 tells us, The wise of heart will receive commandments, but a babbling fool will come to ruin. Proverbs 13.14 tells us, The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life, that one may turn away from the snares of death. And Proverbs 13.20 tells us, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the, the companion of fools will suffer harm. Listen to those verses. We are not merely to seek advice. We're to seek wise counsel. And as we seek wise counsel, we are reminded to choose our friends and our advisors, our mentors, our teachers, our counselors wisely. And the opening passage we read reminds us that we are to choose these wisely. Psalm 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Do you see that analogy that the psalmist uses? Walking in the way of the wicked, standing in the counsel of the wicked, sitting with the scoffers. Do you, do you see that progression? We're walking along, then we stop, and then we rest. It makes me think of years ago, I needed a drink at work, and this was back when I didn't care about my health, and I took it for granted, and eventually got high score on my triglycerides. But one day I went to the vending machine and my favorite drink, my drink of choice at the time was cherry Coke. They did not have cherry Coke. And so I saw a red drink that I like red drinks as well. And it was, it was red vault. I don't know if it had a flavor. It was just red vault. And it's the, it's closest thing to an energy drink I guess I've ever drank. And the first time I drank it, I really enjoyed the taste, but like I had jitters for like an hour. I mean, like, I thought I was going to have heart palpitations. Well, I was having heart palpitations. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. But I really liked the flavor. So, like, the next day, when they did have cherry Cokes, I still got a Red Vault. And I drank it again. And I had the jitters, but not as bad. But over the course of the next couple of weeks, I didn't have jitters anymore. And then over the next couple of weeks, I didn't even get energy from it anymore. It just became something I was used to. So when I was first exposed to it, it had a reaction. 
And then as I continued to walk with that drink, I had less of a reaction till then it was just like drinking anything else for me. And it's the same way when we walk with the wicked is, you know, we, we encounter evil and we're bothered by it, but maybe we convince ourselves for whatever reason, it's okay. It becomes normal. And then we, we, we don't just walk, then we stop. And eventually we become comfortable in it. And we need to understand that we don't fall into deadly sin overnight. We don't become scoffer level fools overnight. We walk with the wicked. We stand with the wicked. We sit with the scoffers. And that's why it is so important for us to be surrounded by godly counsel because we need people in our lives who can tell us we're on the wrong path. We're on the path of destruction. We're making unwise decisions. We're making selfish decisions. We need to surround ourselves with brothers and sisters who love us enough to tell us the truth of God's word as it applies to our lives. Proverbs 22 24 through 25 tells us this, Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourselves in a snare. If we choose our counselors unwisely, we will imitate them. It's like when Jesus told the Pharisees that they take disciples and make them twice the sons of hell that they are. Proverbs 24, 1 and 2, Do not be envious of an evil man, nor desire to be with them, for their hearts devise violence and their lips talk of trouble. We need to choose wisely who our counselors are. And I'm going to tell you there are three types of counselors that you and I will encounter. There are the ones that will tell you what you want to hear. There are the ones who will tell you what you want to hear. They are yes men, telling us we're always right. We're always entitled to how we feel, never risking offending us by telling us the truth. And then there's the flip side of that, that, you know, when we don't have the person who tells us what we hear, be like, you know, I'm, I'm on my fifth counselor and finally found one who agrees with me. You know, the last five, they weren't no good because they didn't agree with me. The second type of, oh, let me say this, and this doesn't happen just for shopping for counselors. If we're just going to be honest, it's a lot of the reason people jump churches. Because they're fine with the church until somebody at the church pushes back on what they're doing. The second type of counselor is this. They will tell you what they think you should do. What they think you should do. This can take the form of manipulation. Maybe they're just telling you because they want something out of you. It can take the form of misinformation. They're not grounded in the right information. They're not grounded in the word of God. And they're just telling you what they heard somebody say 20 years ago. Or they saw in a meme on Facebook. Or they read in a little golden reader when they were 8 years old. And then... Sometimes it takes place in not discerning 
between personal conviction and the commands of Scripture. Proverbs 14.7 warns us, Leave the presence of a fool, for there you do not meet the words of knowledge. And Proverbs 18.2 tells us, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. And that's very important. The church I grew up in, well, when I was a teenager and in college in, the majority of the leadership of the church followed a particular teacher, who I'm not, I'm not going to name because there's half of you probably won't know who the person is and some of y'all, you know, I just don't need to name them. But this person had very strong opinions about the relationships between husband and wife and parents and children but he spoke not from the authority of ever being a husband, spoke not from the authority of ever being a father, and that alone wouldn't disqualify him because Paul has a lot to say, and he was never a husband or a father. But this person also did not speak from the authority of Scripture. What they said, I mean, they, they, they had arguments they would make, but I think the mistake they were making is they were taking their personal convictions and presenting them like they were the commands of Scripture. And we've got to be very careful with that. I can give you an example from my own life. About four years ago, I stopped watching Netflix. Well, let me phrase that. I stopped doing business with Netflix because of a business decision they made that impacted my convictions. But And look, it would be my desire nobody in here watch Netflix. But I will spend zero time trying to evangelize any of you guys into not watching Netflix because I know this is a personal conviction that the Lord had me make a decision about. Now, if you ask me in private, hey, Kevin, why don't you watch Netflix? I will gladly tell you and encourage you that I think my conviction is right. But at no point would I ever tell anybody in here and and speak that in any form of authority. And so we've got to be careful as counselors that we're not sharing our opinions or even our personal convictions. We need to make sure that we're sharing what God's Word says and the Spirit affirms. And that's the third type of counselor. They will tell you what God's Word says and the Spirit affirms. We see this in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture, all of it, all scripture is breathed out by God. And all scripture is profitable for teaching, all scripture is profitable for reproof, all scripture is profitable for correction, and all scripture is profitable for training in righteousness. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And we can often feel unqualified to offer counseling. And let me be clear, there are times we are unqualified to offer counseling. There are times that people need someone who is an expert in neurochemical imbalances in the brain. And there are times when someone has experienced trauma so bad that they need professional help. But often, a large percentage of time, psychologists will tell you that they end up with people in counseling who just 
need to understand how to live life. Things that maybe our mom and dad taught us, or things that the books of Proverbs taught us, or that a mentor in our lives taught us. I'll give you an example from a medical standpoint. Uh, Like I said about four or five years ago, I got high score in my triglycerides and my cholesterol and all that jazz. Like, I mean, the doctor was like, you need to get on this medication today, right now. I'm not sure if, like, your veins aren't going to explode tomorrow. Um, But I had a horrible diet. And somebody else said to me, before you do that, how about just try not to drink four 64-ounce glasses of sweet tea every day and try not to eat 22 Reese cups every day and just in general live on refined sugar. And I did, and six months later I went back to the doctor, and the doctor's like, the medication is working amazingly. I'm like, no, it's not. I just took personal responsibility over my health, and now I'm okay. Well, I mean, I'm still a little high, but I'm okay enough. But I have a friend who, for the last 40 years, has been a competitive athlete. They have zero ounces of extra body fat. They run three to five miles every day. Their resting heart rate is 40, which blows my mind. They eat well, and their cholesterol is through the roof if unmedicated. So you see, in my situation, I needed somebody to say, hey, you need to live your life right. My friend needed somebody to say, you have a medical problem that only medicine can take care of. And it's the same way with counseling. Sometimes, hey man, what you got going on, you need to see a professional who can help you with medicine. But some of us need somebody to love us enough to say, you've got to quit making ridiculously stupid, foolish decisions. You need, you need to quit working 20 hours a day and sleeping four hours a day and wondering why you're always in a bad mood. Not talking to anybody in particular. Just saying. I got eight hours of sleep one time. It was great. It took me three days. But sometimes we need somebody to love us enough to tell us we are living our lives on a path of destruction. So again... If anybody leaves here, Kevin did not say there are not times to seek professional help. I just don't want anybody to miss that. But I want us to know all Christians are qualified for some level of counseling. All of us have some degree of benefit that we can counsel somebody else. Maybe it's because of a life experience that God has led us through. And we can share what God taught us through that, the word that got us through that. Sometimes it's as simple as we know the word and, and God is teaching us a word that we're going to run into somebody that needs to hear the same thing God's teaching us right now. I'm going to go back to 2 Timothy 3.16 again. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness. If you are in the word... You are qualified for some degree of counseling for no other reason than that's what the word is for. First Thessalonians 4.18, therefore encourage one another with these words. First Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you were doing. And Romans 
So then let us pursue what makes for peace and mutual upbuilding. Scripture is full of one another scriptures. Building one another up, encouraging one another in the word. So we know there's three types of counselors. There's also three types of counsel. There's counsel which will affirm our plans. Sometimes we're going to share with a trusted brother or sister in Christ or a group of brothers and sisters in Christ, and they're going to, they're going to say, yes, I totally agree. I understand why God is leading you to make that decision. Um, I think, I think you very clearly have sought the Lord in this, and they are going to encourage you to follow through with your plans. There's a second type of counsel we might receive, and that's one that rebuts our plans. Somebody's going to say, I hear what you're saying, but I don't think that lines up with Scripture. I hear what you're saying, but I would really question if God is in that. I hear what you're saying, but I think you don't realize the negative impacts that decision is going to have. And then there's the third type of counsel we might receive, and that's the one that informs our plans. Hey, yeah, I understand what you're thinking is there, but hey, would you consider these scriptures and pray about it a little bit more? Hey, I really hear what you're saying there, but I really think, you know, you should go talk to David or Josh or, or Nick or Sam or, you know, Eric or Jason or whoever. I, I, I feel like that they, I feel like they've been through this. They'll know. You know, I remember Jennifer sharing something just like that. Maybe you should go talk to Jennifer. You know, you know, Monty shares something like that. Maybe you should go talk to Monty. Sometimes our counsel is going to inform us to dig deeper into Scripture or seek specific counsel. And then here's kind of the heart of what I think the message is today. Is there's three ways we respond to counsel. And it's and this is mostly going to lean to when we get counsel that either pushes back and tells us they think we're wrong or says, hey, I think you need to pray about that anymore. So there's three responses to counsel specifically when it's not probably what we wanted to hear. When it was anything other than, yep, right on, brother. The first one, the first way we respond is we capitulate even if we are right. Even sometimes we may know that we heard from God, we're seeking counsel, and somebody tells us, mm, not sure about that. They don't really give you any, you know, like, hey, check out this scripture or, or whatever. They're just like, yeah, it doesn't sound good to me. And even though we're, we're, Almost 100% we was like, well, if so-and-so said it wasn't, then it can't be. And, and Proverbs warns us about this in uh, 29, verse 25. Chapter 29, verse 25. The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. There are going to be times when we have studied the word, we have prayed, and we are following God. And somebody is going to tell us, no, I don't think so. And they might be wrong. 
And we don't need to just assume just because somebody disagreed with us that, okay, I just need to throw the door. Now, at the same time, I don't want anybody to use it as an excuse the next time somebody pushes back on you when you're getting wise counsel and go, well, I heard from God. That's not, that's not at all what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we get any free reign not to listen to a wise counsel. I'm just saying just because the first person you talk to pushes back, don't just automatically be like, okay. That's one thing I appreciate about our pastor David is there's been one or two or 12 times that David's had to push back on something on me. But the thing I appreciate about David is after he's told me what he thinks or what he feels like the Lord's telling him, he will say, hey, I've now said what I need to say. Is there anything you feel like I've gotten wrong? And he gives me that opportunity not to just go, okay, David, but to say, hey, yeah, I think maybe you interpreted this wrong or, you know, maybe, you know, if I explain this, do you still feel the same way? And I think that's why the Bible tells us that we are to seek a multitude of counsel. And you'll see multiple times in Proverbs that talks about the multitude of counsel. So if I go to one person and they tell me no, and I want to go, well, okay, fine, then I need to go seek out other counselors. Now, when you get to a point when you have a multitude of counselors and they're all telling you no, you, you really need to listen. You really need to listen. The second way we respond to counsel is this. We reject it even if we are wrong. We reject it even if we're wrong. We want to bow up. We don't like to be told we're wrong. We don't like to be told you're do you know, don't do it this way. We 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 don't like to hear there's a better way. And so if we're not careful, we will reject wise counsel even when we're wrong. Proverbs Chapter 12, verse 15 warns us, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs 15, 5 tells us, A fool despises his father's instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is prudent. Proverbs 15, 22, Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. And so this all leads us to the third way we need, the third way we can respond to wise counsel and the way we should respond to wise counsel. And it's, it's that we humbly discern the advice by God's word and the Spirit's affirmation. The way we should respond when we get counsel, whether it supports what we want to do, or it rebuts what we want to do, we need to humbly discern the counsel by God's word and the Spirit's affirmation. Proverbs 3.1.8 tells us, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. I see so much advice given. I see so many positions fought for that are fought and waged on either misinformation or personal private leanings, selfish desires, and not as much positions being made from the Word of God. And often, if some of y'all share some of the Facebook timeline people I do, you will even see sometimes people share Scripture, take it a thousand places out of context, and try to make a position. And that's why it is so important when somebody tells us advice or a reason to do a thing, or a reason to do a thing away, is it goes back to, is this really what the Word says? Because God's not going to contradict Himself. You know, if you feel like you need to do a thing, or take a position, or take an attitude, or whatever, and it doesn't line up with Scripture, then you're wrong. If If a counselor tries to push you in a position or a situation and it doesn't line up with Scripture, then they're wrong. We are not to forget the teaching of wisdom. We need to keep these in our commands because there's a lot of things that are going to sound good and a lot of things that are going to sound right. But if we don't know the Word, we're going to end up off track. I think it's Charles Spurgeon. It may or may not be him, but somebody has this great quote. I guess I could have used the generic, a famous evangelist once said. We often think discernment is between choosing between right and wrong. But often what discernment is, is choosing between what is good and what is godly. And to do that, we've got to understand the heart of God, the word of God, the mind of Christ. Proverbs 15, 31 through 33 says this, The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. The fear of the Lord is instruction and wisdom, and humility comes before honor. This whole idea of we need to, if somebody gives us advice, we need to humble ourselves before the word of God. We need to humble ourselves before the spirit of God. We need to go to the word and we need to, we need to weigh what is said against the word and, and listen to the spirit of God. We, we need to be humble. If you're like me, the first thing I do, or the first, I don't always do it. The first thing I want to do, if somebody pushes back on me is I want to, I want to bow up like, oh yeah? Now, sometimes I just do that on the inside. Sometimes I do it on the outside. Neither one usually works out for me very well at all. So I don't recommend it at all. But if we are to humble ourselves before the word of God, if we 
humble ourselves before the Spirit, then we will respond to godly counsel the right way. Uh, as the worship team comes up, uh, and the prayer partners, if y'all want to go ahead and come up, and the lights go down, I have two questions for us. And, and I think these are the questions we need to ask ourselves today. The first question is this, what kind of counselor am I? Am I a counselor who doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings or, uh, and I'm not saying you should hurt people's feelings on purpose, but I'm like, I'm worried if I tell them the truth, it might hurt their feelings. Or I just want everybody to like me. Am I the kind of counselor who's just like, I'm going to share with you my worldly wisdom and my personal convictions? Or are we a counselor who is going to share what the Word of God says and the Spirit affirms? And I think we need to all ask ourselves that question. Because it's a whole lot better to ask ourselves that question right now than to wait to the moment when somebody's asking us for counsel. It's, it's always better to know where you stand before you're standing. The second question is this. How do I receive counsel? Especially counsel that rebuts what I want or what I think is right. Do I just capitulate and go, okay, you're right, I'm wrong. And, and don't give, don't weigh what the, the, the counsel was against the word. Do I automatically assume the person's wrong because they didn't agree with me and not weigh it against the word? Or do I weigh it against the word and pray through it and see what the Spirit affirms? I want, I want to leave us with this life truth. Just like we need our roots to grow deep so we're grounded in the word of God. Um, I heard this interesting analogy. Apparently like the redwood trees, you know, it's really big, strong trees. Apparently they very seldom get blown over in storms. And apparently the reason this is, because their roots don't necessarily grow as deep as other trees' roots grow, but apparently their roots grow sideways and intertwine with their fellow redwood trees. And the neighboring trees help one another stand when the storms come. And, and that's my prayer for each and every person at Agape, is that nobody is standing alone. And I pray that we will understand just as we need our roots to grow deep in the word and with our relationship with God, we need our roots to grow in fellowship with other believers, wise counselors. And so my prayer for each and every one of us is that we will seek wise counsel, that we will build relationships with other Christians to where we are in fellowship with people who are comfortable telling us how it is. And and we can do that because we know they're saying it not to control us or because they're mad at us, but because they love us. And so with that in mind, you know, we have prayer partners who are up here to, to pray for whatever is going on in your life. I know earlier uh, I said, you know, let's leave all the baggage outside and let's just focus on the word. Well, if you have baggage and you want to pick it up and bring it over here, 
Your prayer partners will be more than happy to help you bear that weight, to pray for you, for God to lift that weight. And so whatever it is, whether it has to do with what was taught this morning or, you know, you need prayer for healing, for forgiveness, for faith, for hope, whatever. Just know there's no qualification on on taking advantage of this opportunity. So, Father God, I do pray that each one of us would humble our hearts before your word. Lord, that we would seek out wise and godly counselors. Lord, that we would listen to what they say and weigh it against your word and that your spirit would affirm what where wisdom is and where folly lies. May we not be those who walk in the way of the wicked and stand in the counsel of the unwise and sit with the scoffers, Father God. But may we be trees planted by the stream of your word and in fellowship with other believers. In Jesus' name, amen.